Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. All right, time has gone 8.25 and joining me right now is Timbisa Fukude. He is a senior researcher and director of Afrisat. Good morning, Timbisa. How are you? Good morning. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Timbisa, um, the role of Egypt as hostage negotiator, how successful um, is Egypt? And are they a good are they a good uh, partner for that? Well, I think I don't. I think Egypt has been part and parcel of this um, from the beginning, yes. and not only from seven October, but Egypt has been also involved in other conflicts um, um, in the region. But also Egypt being the other country that shares border with Gaza uh, makes it very significant, and we've got the number of. Palestinians who are in Egypt um, who will uh, actually would like to see Egypt getting involved because when the dust settles, Egypt is going to play a significant role. So, we like it or not, I'm not really in favor of Egypt because I think it's part and parcel of this problem, but um, it it has to play a role because it is a significant uh, stakeholder and a partner in this whole in this whole uh, debacle we're currently facing. So, something that I found quite alarming, and that was the uh even the beginning of the war was how Israel, how Egypt closed its borders um, and wouldn't really allow in any Palestinian refugees. Um, that that was quite alarming to me because I just possibly have a very limited understanding of uh, of the dynamics in the region. So why do why do they do that? Well, I have a problem with Egypt stopping uh, and closing the border for humanitarian reasons. In yes. other words, the yes. flood or the flowing of uh, humanitarian goods that are supposed to go in. And they've been doing this way before 7 October. But there is a reason why they've decided at least uh, closing the border for Palestinians coming uh, from Gaza into Egypt. Because, again, the suspicion and um, the suspicion has been that Israel defense forces will pushing or trying to push the Palestinians also out, out of their land into um, into uh, into into uh, Egypt yeah. and uh, there's been condemnation um, around the world including uh, in Israel and the United States that whatever happens Palestinians must not be forced into becoming uh, refugees in Sinai desert or in in, uh, in Egypt so that could have been the reason, but the, the 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 rationale behind them closing the borders for humanitarian aid coming into Gaza from Rafah crossing, of course, that's that's problematic. But as I've said, they have not been doing, they have not started doing this only now. They've been using uh, the Rafah crossing uh, to continue uh, punishing the the Palestinians and stopping them from coming into uh, into Egypt in the past. Yeah, what is what is. What do you think would be an optimal um, story for the Palestinians? And and and, um, I, and I mean what? and I mean when I when I say optimal, I mean we, we're seeing uh, conversations happening in the United States. Uh, one of the headlines this morning between is on uh, some of the Israeli media is that there was a conversation that took place between Biden and Netanyahu, and Netanyahu says he's not going to have a Palestinian state imposed um, or by international pressure. And nobody, it seems like everybody's making decisions for the Palestinians and nobody's really finding out what the Palestinians want. 
I mean, I had a conversation with somebody who is a, a member of Hamas who said that um, they want Israel to go back to the 1967 borders. This is very, very complicated. <laughs> Can you simplify well, it for me? Well, it, it is very, very complicated. And then someone who spent a lot of time uh, in that part of the world, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's simply impossible to have a Palestinian state. I know everybody else now has become fashionable to talk about two-state solution. But if you remember, you know, even Hamas and Islamic Jihad and others were against the two-state solution because of the practicality of two-state solution. I mean, if you look at what is a Palestinian state at the moment, small little pockets or townships that are surrounded by, um, by settlements, and I'm not quite sure how you're going to join them into becoming a state. You need to have some borders, you know, across certain settlements joining other small little pockets of the Palestinian state in Gaza and in, um, in the West Bank, and yeah. you probably need another uh, highway uh, joining Gaza with the, those um, townships or Palestinian states or you know small little pockets that you have at the moment. So practically, it's impossible to have a Palestinian state. Geographically, it doesn't make sense. You can never have a Palestinian state in a situation like that. And I'm one of those people, of course, who proposes that we should have a South African solution where all of us live in peace and harmony and 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 move on and try making up and mending fences and people must live with their own cultures, religions and all other uh, isms that are, you know, present in a country like South Africa. For us to continue talking, and I'm not trying to pol pol politicize this because I know a lot of people who talk about, you know, River to the Sea and Benjamin Netanyahu's own idea why he doesn't want a two-state solution and Palestinians have got their own ideas, at least those who are now talking about the two-state solution have got their own idea why they're looking at the two-state solution but the best the best solution for me is a mandela solution is a rainbow south africa solution where everybody else live in place besides the practicalities that i've talked about it's just it's, it's going to be impossible uh, to uh, to create any state uh, at the moment that will be called the palestinian state because just it's simply going to be impossible to have anything like that practically tabisa i wish we had another hour I really do because I want to have this conversation with you. It's, it's because it's so interesting to hear a different perspective and why um, you would see a, a one-state solution um, working, right? Uh, just to just for my own interest. But uh, unfortunately, we have to get to news headlines. But uh, I really I'm hoping that we can maybe you know schedule some time next week where we can continue the conversation. Thank you very, very much for, uh, for your time this morning. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. God bless. Bye-bye. That's uh, Tembisa Fukude. He's a senior researcher and a director at Afrosid.